Welcome to episode 94 of the Switch Mania Playcast! I can go all night. <laughs> the Death and Tax episode. The IRS may or may not be at my door right now because <laughs> I might have committed something, but I won't say that. And, and the post-classic game Festa episode where I'm still recovering. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> that is right. Oh my goodness. We could start so, with that. I guess we could start with Classic Game Fest out in Austin, Texas. This is crazy. It's crazy. Um, this was the first time that I saw when, like, the not only did the Premium Edition Games fan group, but also, like, JP and Barry and everybody tweeting, where we had people coming and hunting me down at the convention. It's oh, great. Like, like there's ones that came like throughout and they're like, oh my God, I saw that we were posted. One guy <laughs> came after because we did sell out of every single game and every single version. I had display items. The display items sold out. Everything wow. sold out. Like, like, thank you very much for everybody that come and hung out. <laughs> and they also had the opportunity to get the slip cases signed by Paul Niemeyer, who did the art. Which so, is so awesome. That's the first time, and not e- not even do we, or I'm not even speaking correctly right now. Um, <laughs> even we don't ha- didn't have that opportunity yet. Like my own copy isn't signed by Paul. <laughs> that is awesome. I'm so happy for the the you know gamers that got to do that, and I saw those pictures and super jealous. Looks great. So like when I go to these conventions, I don't go to sell anything, especially when I'm invited as a guest, and typically we're invited as guests to come hang out. Um, sometimes we do panels, sometimes we don't. Um, guys come to hang out and we bring stuff. Um, obviously, we'll have product available, games available for, for you know, customers. And um, it was interesting seeing how many people, like, didn't realize that we were doing it. And then when you go and explain that, hey, we're among a select few companies in the U.S. that are doing this. And one of them being the Gigantosaurus limited run games themselves and you know, special reserve. And then there's like us, <laughs> the, the, the little, the little guys. Um, <laughs> it's, it's real interesting, you know, just communicating and going over how we do things, how we're, you know, bringing things back to modern retro. Everybody dug the patches and I was showing off, you know, our series two patches that I have sewn on my, uh, on my vest. Cause I wear my vest. Um, and I mean, it was just really, really cool to see. And, I convinced Paul the second day on Sunday to uh, to be next to me, uh, right next to us. So we literally uh, feeding off each other's energy, which was awesome. Um, but there's some crazy stories, too, if you guys are, are wanting to hear them. Sure. Stories. Let's do it. <laughs> so after the convention on Saturday, we grabbed Paul and we went out and had some uh, some drinks. Um, I can't drink beer, but I can drink margaritas and stuff. So we went to a taco place. And he was telling us about stories, and he's telling us stories that even I didn't know, which is like, he's like a pop culture mastermind. Like, he has done so much stuff that it's not like he's just done the Mortal Kombat art, or like even like Pac-Man and Tron and, you know, other games like like Satan's Hollow. But he's done so much pop culture. He told us, he went to a story where in the 90s, they updated the cans for old style beer to be like giant art. Mm Mm-hmm. And when they did that, they realized nobody bought it because they didn't recognize the cans anymore because they changed it. So they couldn't find their beer. So they wanted to go back to the original style, but lost the original moldings. 
So Paul is the one who actually drew the old, the current old style canned beer. Like that was awesome. Like, and he said there's a spot where like if you go to a grocery store, there's about twenty different things at least that he's done the art for in a, in a modern day grocery store. Oh my god! Like, like it goes really deep, and I'm like, well, why don't you have this stuff on the table? He's like, oh, I'm taking notes while you're while you're talking. That's what Paul said. <laughs> like, I'm, teaching, <laughs> I'm teaching the guy who's been in the industry forty years. Um, would you like? What? Would you sign my uh, can of Campbell's soup, please? <laughs> <laughs> sign my old style beer, please. Beer here. <laughs> it was really interesting. Um, he did have copies of uh, prints of the robot named Fight Slipcase that he did the art for. Uh, he had prints there, and there was another piece that was interesting that we were uh, contacted by a high quality limited art printer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really know that this was a thing, but it's absolutely a, a high-end piece that a lot of games do. And they want to use that robot named Fight Art for high-end prints. Um, I told them, that sounds great. Uh, clear it with Paul. He's the artist. Mm-hmm. Apparently in 50 years, I'm the only one to actually give Paul that respect. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is crazy to me. I'm like, he's the artist. Like, like we're doing conventions. We're going to see Paul. We want Paul to continually work with us. Let's make sure Paul's taken care of. Um, but I, I got a copy of that art in the mail, and the quality is so good. Um, I can't wait to see. Um, we're going to make sure that, like, I'm going to be able to get a couple copies for the team, of course. Um, we hopefully will be able to get an extra copy so we can do a giveaway. Um, oh, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah it would be awesome. Uh, but it, they look so, it looks so good. And, and Paul did some prints, and they're really high quality. These prints are, like, stellar. Also, Paul finally brought all of his originals, um, which I'm going to create a premium edition games portfolio that I'm going to start keeping track of all of our original artwork. And then eventually we'll do an art book as well uh, with Ooh. all of our stuff. Uh, because, obviously, I'm a book guy, so why wouldn't we c- capture our entire history? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and what a Paul's cool idea. To, and, and he works on like like trace paper and stuff. Like he's old school, so mm-hmm. it's so cool seeing the original arts and how he came up with the designs for even Pigeon Dev Games Collection. And there's two different uh, versions because one of them, the guns sh- shooting at the um, at the customer mm-hmm. on the sleeve, but we changed it to be off screen because it's an E for Everyone game, and we didn't want the ESRB to be mad. Right. So. Not having like a weapon on the front, sense. So yeah, it was it was really cool hanging out with Paul. Um, after the tacos though, uh, we went to the after party. So like Barry and JP, when you go when we go to conventions together, I think too many games will be mm-hmm. our first one as a group. Yep. But um, there are after parties. We do all of the things. That is that is <laughs> always my thing. Um, don't have to go there and partake in any you know libations if that's not your thing. But we go hang out mm-hmm. because. That's the thing I, I like to give back. If I'm there as a guest or whatever, I like to just give back and hang out with everybody. So we went to this place, Pinballs, where they did an after party. Saw a lot of people um, that I saw throughout the day at the convention, a lot of guests. Um, but then we took, then um, I was staying with my buddy Ryan. He does pixel art paintings. Um, and that's what his, uh, his style is. He did a pixel art painting of Fight, uh, which looks amazing. It's super high quality. But he knew of a bar in downtown Austin that is themed after the Sega CD game Snatcher. What? (laughs) So cool. Yeah. It's called Out of Heaven, which is the bar in the game. And Ryan did a pixel art painting 
that's in the bar in the game that's now in the real bar. Wow. And where the craziness of this community goes, somehow by happenstance, I know the owner. Oh my God. <laughs> what a small this. world. The owner, the owner is Sean Daigle or Dagley, but the, the owner did Moonshake Records like 10 years ago where he did the vinyl pressings of the original video game vinyl. So the, the Dark Side of the Moon Legend of Zelda vinyl, that's him. Like oh, he nice. did a bunch of vinyl where he themed it off of different stuff. He did a Castlevania one that's like Van Halen. He did a Mar- Dr. Mario one that was like uh, The Chronic, which was hilarious. Um, so yeah, I saw Sean there and he was just like behind running a, a mix board. And I was like, hey, I fell off your list for Moonshake. He's like, yeah, I'm doing this. Like, I don't have time. This <laughs> 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 is so funny. But he's like a damn genius. Like, so it's so crazy that. I knew that dude. <laughs> he ran the thing. And then I saw him the next day at the convention and I chatted with him afterward because he was there all night running his bar. Um, by the way, um, Ryan and I, Ryan's about the same age as us. Ryan and I would have been the two oldest guys there. Of that course. Bar. That, that makes all, us, I mean, feel better. <laughs> it was all University of Texas. However, we brought Paul with, so we definitely weren't the oldest guy. Because <laughs> Paul's in his 60s. And, but Paul ran laps around us because he is uh, an awesome dude. He's like the coolest, coolest dude ever. <sighs> so that was a really, really fun convention. Um, absolutely worth it. Great to see everybody talk shop, uh, talk games, talk what we're doing in the future. Um, I always bring six stuff to them I always bring surprises uh those that got the surprises know what it is um typically you know I bring a, a couple things and, and this one was an easy one to bring because um of what we're doing with series too super fun that's awesome yeah so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to what's so what's your next convention that you're doing is it too many games you got something before that nope uh August is Southern Fried uh Retro Gaming Expo in Atlanta so I'm I'm going to drive up. It's like two hours from my house. So I'm going to drive over to uh, Southern Fried, and I'm there as a guest doing a panel. I'm not sure. I think 8-Bit Steve's unable to make it out there, so it should just be me flying solo. However, I am bringing my daughter London um, because she was very upset that I didn't bring her with me to Texas. She wanted (laughs) to go. Um, and, And then on Saturday, I think my wife and her friend Shannon are coming out because they're doing 80s prom night. Oh, nice. Oh, so that should be fun. Yeah. So the after party is going to be like 80s prom night party. So that'll be interesting. I've never heard of that before. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I've never heard of that before in a gaming convention. <laughs> so Some... there, there are different types of conventions, too. There are conventions that are like YouTuber heavy, where you have lots of guests and YouTubers. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of them. You got. Uh, conventions that are industry based where you get a lot of like industry like classic people like Paul Niemeyer and Brian Cullen was there which is Creator Rampage Mm -hmm. um, as well as Duke Nukem was there and Voice of Duke Uh, John St. John was there Um, there's those type of conventions and those also like are like a heavy seller convention where you get a lot of different sellers there Too Many Games is a combination of all of those things plus live music Um, Southern Fried from what I'm tracking I haven't been there yet it's a very arcade-heavy convention. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of arcades and arcade scene in there. Um, so I'm not sure what type, but we'll be there with uh, you know games out there. 
And anytime Barry and JP want to, you know, come out of their East Coast hidey hole, they're more than welcome <laughs> to join. Well, thank you. Appreciate the offer. <laughs> I'm looking forward to too many games, though. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, it's going to be wild because too many games. I've been to too many games as a guest for multiple years. I wasn't able to go the last couple because I was away from the East Coast myself, and my tickets were crazy. But the last time I went, it was insanity. It's good. And I think we're going to be able to get a panel. Um, they were oh, looking into so it because they were kind of packed from 2019. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, our, our table is amazing. We're right across the grave and the angry video game nerd and everything. We're right across the, the aisle. So our table is going to be amazing. We're being great spotted too many games. Um, and we should be able to do, like, a, a modern retro done right panel, which... Mm-hmm. I mean, people were digging the last one I did at uh, at GE Southeast Game Exchange. Could do a live um, playcast. And, I mean, we record them. I actually have the recording from SCGE. I just haven't edited it yet because crazy. Every other convention. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, I um, <laughs> we, I'm, I'm, I didn't get to listen to it yet, so I'm looking forward to when we put that up and uh, hear what you talked about. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. I mean, it's convention seasons back in full swing and the fact that we're finally going to have the first one where you know, all three of us are going to be attending i think it's just going to be uh another level at our yeah. at our uh, at our booth it's i i hope people come out to to see us oh, yeah. and stuff just to share stories because that that is to me one of the best things whenever i've done conventions is just listening to different stories and meeting the people meeting the fans and uh you know even even you just did the convention on uh, this weekend and we've read people from the convention join like discord and like mm-hmm. send, you know, and and send messages and be like oh you know I, I i met jeff and he was really cool and here's some pictures and they're like sharing them with me i'm like this is really cool like i love to see this stuff and they're like oh you guys should come out we hope you you know see you and uh, you know be really great and i'm like that's awesome i love that you know you're able to make someone's day just by showing your face kind of deal mm-hmm favorite is the younger crowd too because yeah. i mean there's some there were some that are younger uh gamers and they were really digging what we're doing uh looking to get in the program and programming themselves as they get into high school <laughs> and stuff <laughs> like that like it was real and some of them sat they talked to me for a while went and downloaded a robot named fight so they could pre-play it before they get the physical and, awesome. and they had like a game night where they did deathmatch game night and they're like yeah, the one guy was like killing us all the time. One of the one of the you know one of the guys we were playing with. I'm like, add Molmen to it so that way you can even it out. <laughs> They're like, oh, you could do that. I was like, yeah. So like it was it was classic. And then a lot were playing Super Blood Hockey, um, the night prior, and then they were all giving me an update on on Sunday with like what they were doing with our game. So they're absolutely opening them and playing them. Mm-hmm. That is great. That's yeah, I wish we could. Yeah, I wish we could bring your kiosk and set up our games and have some uh, local co-op and death matches and matches and uh, it'd be so much fun. Technically, all you would need is a switch because you know you do tabletop mode. Yeah, you can, but nothing's cooler than than uh, than Jeff's uh, display yeah. with our with our banner on the you know on the side and that's a heavy move though. <laughs> Not it. That'll be at the premium uh, you know expo. Yeah. Premium Expo. Well, it's okay. whenever we have a, uh, whenever we have an actual office, like right. physical place, physical office, we do our our quarterly game game <laughs> meets and stuff. Like that's that's a real thing, listeners. Awesome. <laughs> um, when that happens in the future, 
Yeah, we always call it our five-year plan. Well, it's been a year, so four-year plan. Yeah. Got ideas. Um, but yeah, it's it's super fun. I love going to conventions and seeing the the positive reaction and people asking mm-hmm. questions and making suggestions. It's really fun. Absolutely. Then you always oh, yeah. got the the couple classics where they bring like every single one of my books and got to get them <laughs> signed and like I'm all the way back, by the way, all the way back like ten years. I'm like, wow. <laughs> And now, That's like, insane. Okay. now they want they, the games. <laughs> they traveled with all that. <laughs> well, they knew I was coming out. So they're like, I have an opportunity to get them signed. I didn't ask the last time you yep. were out. That's true. That's true. And the good news is, our, you know, if you're bringing our premium games, they're, they're small enough that's easy to bring the entire collection. And hopefully we'll have more next time around. Oh, yeah. And I mean, yeah. the goal is too many games. We have Series 2 in hand. Um, yep. Yeah, we have the, uh, the cartridges. We're ready to pay Nintendo. Like, ready to order them, and every other item is approved. We're just waiting on Nintendo. I will twiddle my thumbs. <laughs> well, we did get another update this week for uh, Series 1. Yeah, we did. Yes, we did. Let's we got the official, the official confirmation with tracking that our items have left the port and are en route to our facility. And, I mean, at this point, it should be just another day or two, you know, barring any you know, truck delays on the road. But, I mean, they're on the way. So, yeah, we are we are nearing the uh, the end game of, of the pre-orders for the – or the pre-order uh, waiting game of our Gendev sure Deluxe. So, yeah, I mean, you know, just to give listeners, you know, an update of how this works. So, as you know, we had the – the deluxe slip cover with the deluxe case and the premium guide shipped together. They're all shrink wrapped. Once they arrive to our facility, our shipping team unshrink wraps it, takes out the deluxe case, puts in our retro edition that's already been packaged up, adds the CD, adds the enamel pin, puts the you know, closes up the case, slides it back into the slip cover, shrink wraps that, and then it's on its way. So once it's all there, it's really not a long process to get it ready for shipping. Um, like a week, like a week. Yeah, like a week. So you know, we've just been holding off on giving a specific date until we have confirmation that those items are in hand, and our team over there just lets us know what their schedule is. So you know, they they will give us the time frame as to when we can expect to have these start going out the door, and that's the date that we want to give to everybody. So um, it's yeah, I mean, it's you know, there's oh, a you know, oh, a running it's joke like on two months. It's two months later than they told yeah. us, and it's been sitting yeah. at the port essentially waiting to yep. get released so like it's funny when real world things like affect you <laughs> oh, <laughs> like yeah. the poor, like it's insane all we could do is thank everybody for their patience because this is unfortunately out of our hands and all we could do oh, is yeah. wait just like you guys <laughs> i will say now, that there is uh, oh, go, go ahead, ahead Joe. okay so i was uh, gonna say I, there I is was, i was just gonna say though <laughs> that being said um when i go to these conventions that does take away from me creating the hardcover for a robot named fight so like i am still working on getting the premium guide done for that game just that mm-hmm. okay good. You know <laughs> that's, that's okay because that game you know deserves its care and attention so there's no rush on that because i know i'm gonna be utilizing that guide like i'm gonna have it where i'm gonna probably have to get a second copy because i'll be flipping back and forth so often with all the information but I mean, you know, as I play Robot more and more, I think I'm at 16 hours now into this game and just got to the Mega Beast for the first time. I mean, that's 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 longer already for me than I played Demon's Tear because I think I clocked that at 15 hours before I beat, you know, all three tiers. But the I 
I don't think I have another game on my mind that deserves a guy more than Robot, just because of <laughs> all all of the um, the like the the details that go into the game and all of the orbs and and the different shrines and and, and what we talked about on the playcast mm-hmm. where you have to change the way you approach the game exactly. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Every time, every time you you have to play. I mean, even even the point of of asking the robot on the very first screen if I like to decide if I need his advice or not, he may end up you know, like depleting half of my health sometimes. So it's just like every everything, every screen you know requires an, a new gameplay, and then every time you get the power ups, it changes your experience completely because you know they are yeah. random, and depending on on what you get is going to make your game easier. It's gonna it's gonna have you go different routes. And then, you know, for me, I'm I was upset that I got to two hours and thirty-six minutes and I died at the Mega Beast with half of its health still, but at the same time, I was happy. I'm like, wow, I actually got half of its health down on the very first time I was fighting him um or it. So I was you know I was I was happy. Crazy? You know what's crazy, JP? Without what? spoiling what it is, um he, you have sixteen hours in and you still haven't gotten the challenge done yet. And that's insane because you can get the challenge done in fifteen minutes. I did. Oh, you got the no, challenge. He did. He well, did to the be challenge. fair, Jeff, you did. You did give me advice on how to do the ah, challenge. I did. I did. So I. So, so as soon as you did that. A good hint. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a good hint, though, for for listeners. Uh, with yeah. the challenge patch, you can Google the back of what the chat what it says in the back of the card, and you can kind of feel how to streamline that. That's good. And I will say. It's like a whole nother level once you unlock that. Um, uh-huh. Once you unlock that challenge, it's just, it's crazy. It has a different beast. It had nothing to do with the main thing. <laughs> no That's pun intended. <laughs> because there there are ways to um, naturally unlock the challenge, but you um, you would have to beat the game multiple, multiple times. Mm-hmm. Like five, six times you'd have to beat it in order to naturally unlock it. Um, yep. Versus doing the way that i suggested (laughs) i will say there is i mean i'm sure there's no greater feeling than beating the game but for me when i actually saw the completed map of my run and then also when you start getting the uh, the achievement unlockables like you've gotten you've visited every shrine you've gotten all of this and you start getting unlockables for future playthroughs i was like oh man like i'm i'm bummed that i didn't beat it and now i have to essentially start from the beginning but at the same time now I'm going into a new run with potentially many more items than I would have had before. And yep. I took a little break, you know, two and a half hours. I was like, I, I need to just, you know, calm down from losing. But um, I, I love the game. I mean, it's, it's just so great. And that game, I mean, 16 hours is like, for me, it's like the tip of the iceberg. Not even that still. Like, there's just so much more. And yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think people realize, like, how massive this game is and how many hours and enjoyment you're going to get out of it. And you're going to realize is that beating the Mega Beast, he's not the final boss. No, yep, exactly. Yep, and but you don't even get to experience that until you've gotten the chops. And every time you unlock stuff, it's great, and it unlocks more at the shrines that you can get, and it makes everything better. Yep. It's cool. We probably should talk about the game of the episode, right? We yes, probably we should. should. So the game of the episode we did today was Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. Turnip Boy <laughs> came out April 22nd, 2021, was developed by Snoozy Kazoo and digitally published by Graffiti Games. Uh, we did last week say this was going to be part of a Should This Get a Physical? And mm-hmm. right after we announced yeah. that that episode <laughs> came out, and a physical was actually announced. So that's yep. no longer the case. Um, however... Um, Let's, uh, this is a, it's like a 2D Zelda-style adventure. 
where mm-hmm. uh, you play Turnip Boy going on a very wacky adventure uh, <laughs> for the mayor. And uh, who wants to start? I'll start. I, I beat the game. I think I actually think we all Yay! beat the game. Jake um, played and beat the game. Yeah. I've been actually doing really good with our games lately. So whenever I'm on the on the show, that means I've played the game. So if I'm missing, <laughs> that's probably the reason why you don't hear me. But no, I so we had so I don't know if a lot of people know this because we didn't really share it, but we actually were looking at this game. Now we can share this because it's you know it's getting a, a, a retail physical. But we were looking into this game initially a while back. Um and we played the demo. We got we got an early demo build on PC. So it essentially takes you through the first boss, which is a, a pig battle. Um, so we got to play it. And, you know, we did get to speak with Snoozy Kazoo. We, we got to speak with the developers. We got to speak with Graffiti Games. And, you know, one, although great conversations, ultimately they, they went retail, which is fine. And I'm, I'm glad, you know, they're, they're getting this game out because, Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the developers are like college kids. I mean, they're, yeah. they're young. Yeah. And... I'm impressed. I mean, you know, going into the game, it's not a long game. So in one sitting, you can easily play it. What I like about the game is that in the options menu, they even have like a little blurb that says, you know, they want people to enjoy the game so you can adjust the difficulty. You can you can give yourself, I think, up to three times the damage with your sword. I played it on normal. I didn't adjust anything. And for me, it was an easy game. Uh, I didn't find it too difficult. You know, a few of the bosses, I, I died once or twice, and I, I learned the pattern. But ultimately, the game is short, but what's nice about that is it never overstays its welcome. I always found it to be enjoyable. I like the different, you know, quests that you had to go on. The The game is very linear. You know, they, they kind of, I would say they, they hold your hand to the point where, you know, they, they tell you where you need to go. Maybe once or twice you kind of have to, be creative with where you need to go next but for the most part i felt it was very linear and i have no problem with that i like to know that i'll i'll enjoy the game and not really get lost or stumble but overall i like the dialogue i thought the you know the graphics were very cute you're playing as a turnip there's all these different vegetables you know that are essentially replacing people um i'm not gonna go too much into what like the the story is because there's obviously there's twists. There's, you know, a, a whole story besides just him not paying his taxes. Uh, but no, I, I liked it. I, I had a lot of fun with it. It took me about four to five hours. And with that, you know, I beat the main story. There is some post-game content that you could do for Unlockable. So I ended up going through that because I wanted to 100% this game. So I did. Um, the, the one complaint I would say I, I had, and, you know, I'm not a technical guy, so you guys have to fill in the verbiage, but... The game, like the frame rate for me, it felt like it was stuttering a lot. So I'd walk every few steps and then all of a sudden it kind of felt like it didn't freeze, but like it was like jagged. I don't know if I'm describing it right, um, but it wasn't I smooth. I didn't encounter that at all. Okay, so I was playing it on handheld. Um, okay. I, don't know I did that... not encounter that either. But see, here's the interesting thing. When I played on the PC, when we played the demo... I had the same thing because if you watch him walking, it feels like it stutters. Like he kind of like it's not a smooth motion when he's walking across the screen. And I didn't notice it at first. I, I definitely noticed it more towards the end. Maybe once I just kind of became aware of it. Um, you guys say you didn't see it. So maybe it's just me. But I definitely felt like something was there with with the frame rate. Uh, but it wasn't. Anything so you know, that, you know what that could have been, JP? That yes. could have been. What we experienced with Troll and I, you remember my story with that? Yes. Um, where certain games, when they get programmed, 
Uh, if you had a bunch of different apps open and stuff, maybe mm-hmm. you had to like just reboot it and then the stutterness would have went away. It could be. It could be. I mean, there was maybe. nothing that really detracted from it. Like I, I fully enjoyed the game. Like I said, to me, this felt almost like the entire game was act one of a bigger story. You know, it, it got to the end and I was like, oh, okay, we're done. But I kind of wanted more. And and there's, you know, now I feel like I'm rambling, so I'll stop soon. But I just want to get all my, my thoughts out. Like for me, you know, there wasn't enough power-ups. You know, you get you you grow the sword, but the sword never really evolves. You don't really gain new abilities with the sword. You get some additional um, tools, so like the teleportation device that you do. But, you know, I felt like it, there should have been a lot more. I don't want to say this was a tech demo because I, I do – think it was really well done but i just felt like there should have been more there could have been more because it was that much fun and i i see a lot of potential with the game it's just um it just felt on the short side to me you, you um, know you know what i would relate it to jp hmm. i would relate it to legend of zelda link to the past so you know it plays tribute to it and yep. when yep. you get the first three pendants and get the master sword mm-hmm. that's when the game ends in turn of yep. boy you get none of the rest of the quest. That's what it right. felt like. Like, you yep. had an epic boss battle at the end, but yep. it just went right to that. Instead of fighting, you fight Aghanim, then you fight Ganon, instead of going into the Dark World and doing right. the whole other three quarters of the game. Like, it, I, I found it yep. funny because, you know, at, at certain, like, at one point in the game, you know, there's this uh, this vegetable with crates, and he's like, oh, these crates have been here to block your, like, like blatantly, is like, we're blocking your path. On purpose, mm-hmm. and it's almost like, oh, like is that going to unlock later on? And it never did. Um, and there's like, you know, two areas. It was, it was there, and also when you get to like the main road, and you give the guy the graffiti can, like you don't go any further than that. So everything was very, very small, self-contained. Um, but yeah, I, I um, Barry, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to echo a lot of that. I do. I like Jeff's analogy with Link to the Past. That's very much how I felt. Uh, and you know, when we did the demo, I really liked it and I felt this was, you know, this was just the beginning. I I can't wait to see where this goes. Mm -hmm. And I was excited when it was like, oh, here's a full game. Like, oh man, this is gonna be great. And it was great, but it was so short and just when it was ramping up and there's, there's a story in the game and then there's Mm -hmm. a story beyond that setting up the world and seeing some of what's going on with the world was really cool and i wanted to see more of that backstory more of what's Mm -hmm. going on and i felt they didn't they didn't get the chance to do more because the game just ends and i you know i I, like you i did 100 percent i missed like two there's like cosmetic hats i missed like two hats and a heart piece or something at the end and i went and did the quote-unquote post game which is really just a cave that tells you where you missed stuff right so i did that and got the final heart piece and and it turns out like there's all these documents you can rip and i ripped them all throughout my playthrough but if you miss even one you don't get the the secret boss which i thought was a normal final boss because i was like (laughs) all right well then i found that that was a secret boss i was like oh it's a secret boss like i I didn't even realize that just because i ripped up everything (laughs) Uh, and that was a cool fight i liked what they did with that i liked the setup but i wanted I wanted to see more. The boxes that you mentioned, the boxes. I was so waiting for them to move. I'm like, they're gonna yeah. move. This is gonna open up. And I and I would say that this is the first part of the game, and there's gonna be more. But now there's a physical coming out, and that's yeah. like, wait a minute, this is the full game. Right. And uh, like, 
like we can say this now because we're not obviously doing the physical, but that would be something that would would get a no from me because of the length. Because I feel like this is a game that's great and it's great in a short burst because it is a short burst mm-hmm. and I want more. And it's not that it's a bad game. It's a, a lot of fun. I in, definitely enjoyed my time. I love Zelda. So this was right up my alley. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, like, oh, you're having a piece of steak where well, we're going to give you three bites of the steak. Oh, you want more of that steak? Oh, well, that, that's the end of the steak. The rest is gone. I want more. And Isn't that this, weird that maybe we hyped up? the physical portion to the point where they were able to leverage a good deal based on our interest. But I know for a fact, when we were on that phone call, I said, this is great. It really depends on how long the game is. That's literally Mm -hmm. what I told them when we played the initial demo with the first boss. Mm -hmm. They, they mentioned how many hours, but I thought they said eight to 10. That was like a two to three hour experience. Yeah, that was true. If you take your time, you go like JP did, but like yeah, for me, four to five. So just a I little bit of two to I, three and collected yeah. everything. Yeah, and I did not. I didn't even know about the the going through the menus and making your sword more powerful. So I played it normally, and I will say there was one boss that Wait, gave me you trouble. Can make your sword more powerful. That's what JP said. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you, you pretty much increase the damage it gives out, but I didn't feel that you really needed it. Um, I didn't I mean, do that at all. Yeah, I, I didn't either, and. In my mind, like my rating system is like if JP can beat the game on normal, like probably anybody can. Um, just because I'm not like you guys, I haven't, I'm not masters at Zelda and stuff like that. So if I could play the game and enjoy it and not really have too much difficulty, I think everybody will enjoy it. So there's a benefit to that that the game, you know, even though it's short for me, I'm okay with that on one hand because I just don't have a lot of time to, you know, like the Skyward Sword is probably going to be 40 plus hours. So when I'm playing a four-hour game that's, you know, I'm having a good time with, and then I finish it and I actually 100% it, I feel good. I'm like, great, that was a, a fun a fun evening of gaming. Um, but, yeah. you know, it, it's going to really depend on, you know, for people who are buying the physical, you know, if they want long games, this is not it. But I think if you just want a fun adventure, you'll have it with this one. Um, mm-hmm. But Jeff, any, yeah, Jeff, what do you think? So, I mean, the graphics were great. It was really cartoony. Mm-hmm. Um, and the story and the feel is what re- I really liked. That's what mm-hmm. drew us to it in the first place to reach out was, was yep. the artistic aspect. Um, yeah. The gameplay, actually, the sword striking is very weak. Like you do like a little poke and mm-hmm. you're not doing like the swipe like you like in modern 16 uh, bit Zelda it feels right. more like the poke of original Zelda. And it's really odd uh, for that aspect. But the reach was fine. Um, you do have to get the timing down a little, though. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've already touched upon the shortness of it, but the boss fights were interesting enough. Um, final boss was, uh, and I, again, I tore up everything, so I had no clue of the secret, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the final boss was unique because you don't fight it traditionally anyways. So that was fun. Um, but like, again, I just wanted more and that's a good thing. I want more, but, yeah. um, the fact that it's getting physical means it'll be preserved as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think that the developers had anything else in their back pocket that they announced, but that doesn't mean that they won't now that if it gets a lot of, um, hype mm-hmm. around it, maybe, maybe they'll do a spiritual successor. Maybe they'll do a, a definitive edition with the whole another three quarters of the game that's there. <laughs> I, I kind of would like to have a prequel now because, you know, I, it's, it's weird because on one hand it's so short that we can easily tell the whole story very quickly and I don't want to for people who haven't played it, but there is 
you know, this this underlying story that could be fleshed out with a prequel that I think could be a lot of fun with different characters, plus, you know, some that you know already um, versus some that you may have just, you know, passed by in the game. So I, I see the potential that you could expand on the story. Um, they definitely mm-hmm. kind of started laying the groundwork for that. Um, one, you know, two things I, I don't think we mentioned is one, I actually, I, I enjoyed the music. I really like the hometown music when you're, you know, yeah. you're in your village. I, I found it catchy and I would constantly go back to that area and just kind of listen to it. And then when you go into, you know, one of the houses they have, it was a good variety of music. I thought, you know, there wasn't too many tracks, but I definitely felt that it, it flowed very nicely. The other thing that I really liked, um, even though the puzzle aspect of the game was very few and far between, I really liked the portal mechanic with the bombs. Like I found it to be very inventive and and fun to go and and try and you know find a way to get this bomb across you know blocked areas of a room to blast open the door. And I, I had fun with that. There's just the problem is there just just wasn't too many puzzles in the game. Uh, I wanted so I could, them to take that further. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Like it, it needed to go. Like they started it, and it was like almost like Nintendo would do, which is yep. what they did in the original Zelda during that first section. They're teaching you the mechanics, right? And now they never really like ran with it, right? Definitely. And it's interesting you mentioned the prequel aspect um, mm-hmm. because there's actually two prequel stories that you mm-hmm. could tell. You yes. could tell the overarching one, but then there's the whole story about Turnip Boy's father and yes. everything that happened there. And I, that's a, so cool that they started laying that groundwork, and I, I do want to know more. Like, yeah. I want to know more okay. of this I, world. I want to play, and I'm just going to say, I'm, I just want to play as the, the pickle guy. I want to know his deal. How'd he get there? <laughs> the pickle guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, um, one thing I do want to yeah. say, too, is there's a lot of things in this game that are kind of cryptic. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's one of those things I missed was the pickle guy, um, because there's a quest involving the pickle guy and you do it yeah. and he gives you a, an item. And like in most games, you're like, that's it. But yep. you have to talk to him again, which normally is never a yep. thing. Leave the screen and come back and you get something else. And I'm like, whoa, that's yeah. a little cryptic. Like, come on, be a little, <laughs> make a, why talk to him again? At least say, Hey, we're, we're leaving now. And then if you happen yeah. to come back, you get a bonus thing. I don't There was a couple, couple things that I missed at the end of the game when I went back and it was all, Oh, you had to talk to him a second time. And yeah. I'm like, that, what? No, like, I, I that, will that, say that, it. Like, it it did feel like the fetch quests at the end were almost oh, as God. long as the actual game. The potato <laughs> fetch quest was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah the potato I, I, fetch quest. That's a, but that's I a will, sentence. <laughs> I will say that I really enjoyed the uh, the carrots when they threw the baby in the garbage can. Yes. They were yeah. Babysitting. I'm like, you know what? The dialogue was funny. Like, you know, I, I, I like, you know, like I said, like overall, it was very enjoyable and it has a lot going for it. Um, so I don't want people to think like for me, like it being short, it's only a bad thing for me because I wanted more. Um, that's that's really the only main complaint I have is just I, I wanted more from this game because it was good and there's so much potential there. Um, I am glad it's getting a physical. I don't know yet if it's going to include, you know, any packing goodies. I could always picture like the wanted sign. I think would be a really nice touch to just include in there. Um, but other than Bonus that, you know, you rip it up. Yeah, exactly. They should have <laughs> well, like, a, and like a fake rip. So, so, so knowing that it's by the same people that published uh, Blue Fire, it's probably not going to have a whole lot in it. Well, Blue Fire did have a, a a booklet inside. Yeah. So you know there could always be something, um, you Maybe. know, that that could fit in the case. I think the good news is 
I have to. I don't think it's popped up on any U.S. side. I have to check, you know, overseas because I started seeing it come up. I would imagine this is probably going to be another twenty nine ninety nine game. I don't think I could see it going more than that at retail. And you know, for thirty bucks, I definitely think you're going to enjoy it. Um, oh, for but, sure. But at the same time, it, it to me, it, it is a one and done game. You know, I beat it. I hundred percent of it. Unless I really want to play it again, you know, I'll go back. But other than that, there's no real reason to. Um, but you know what, like I said, Saturday night, I, I played it and I did it in one sitting and it was fun. I had a good time. And that's where it you know, comes full circle to us. Like when we're looking at physicals, like we have to have complete packages. We have to have good, um, lengths on our games, everything, because I mean, we're not able to offer things for $30. Uh-oh. There's a weather advisory yeah. that, yep, it's like yeah, pouring it and is, thundering here. It is 100 degrees and sunny here. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that means it's going to start storming here any minute now. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, Barry, you're only not that far from me. It's like downpour and thundering by me already. I hear the thunder over yeah. there from you guys on your side. But um, yep. but that's our, our main thing from a um, from our the way we do publishing is that yep. we, um, you know, we're focusing on a couple games every six months. So, like it has to be, you know, in that realm for us. A shorter game mm-hmm. like this would be a fun thirty dollar release, a good budget release. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what we do. So that's where we would have been with this. Um, and we would, unless you know, we had overwhelming, you know, listener support. Like that's mm-hmm. that's where we would have been for the physical for this. So it probably would have been a pass for us, ironically. Yeah. Yep. Which is which means it's really good that it is getting a physical because it is exactly. fun and worth playing for sure. Yeah. And we need more Zelda-inspired games. Yes, we do. Yes, I want, absolutely. I want like the the devs to just put more into this and get it, make it yeah. longer. It'd be fun. It was great. And you know what? I mean, honestly, you know, depending on how well it's received, you never know. I mean, they always have that option to add more content. It's not impossible. So you know, we'll have to see. I mm-hmm. I look forward to following this and you know seeing what the reception is once it gets released. Um, the the sequel yeah, yeah. will be Turn Up Boy commits Grand Theft Auto. There you go. <laughs> driving around hitting people. <laughs> oh, awesome. that's great well um last time we recorded jp you had a question for us and yeah. you said you were going to save it for next time and i have been sitting waiting to hear what this question is and i think some of our listeners are probably yeah. wondering as well what this question so, was so the question is is jp going to ask the question or is he going to distract us by saying we have to do the other giveaway that's the question oh we did we, we the other giveaway is next time we're doing the other next time so we the have a tornado for warning for kind of pulled me out away for a minute so i have no idea what you guys are talking about oh see look at this. so she's telling we, me i have to go into the basement because there's a tornado warning uh-oh um so last time we recorded you said you had a question for us i and did yes you down, did right? and you said you were writing it down you said you were gonna <laughs> wait you were gonna do it next time and we've been All waiting right, that's what i said yep yep that's yep I, I wrote it down i wrote it down let me just that's why i said jp is are, are you gonna do that you're gonna defer to us doing our second steering wheel giveaway that we promised no 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 let me uh let me see where i wrote it down i have no idea where i wrote it down hold on <laughs> here we go um oh okay I think this is my question because there's only one question on this piece of paper, and I wrote yeah. underneath. I wrote it underneath Turnip Boy of Eight's tax evasion, so this must have been my question. Will fosicles, which are digital codes and cases, be Ugh. rare? Like in the future? Yeah. Yes. 
I do think they will be, and here's why. One, you're not going to be able to buy them used like every other game. They mm-hmm. they will not be sold used. Will um, because of that they will un- have to be new. And there's a thing they will be rare, but they will not be valuable. <laughs> so don't be like I gotta go grab them. Like I buy them new because as a retail collector, they are technically retail releases, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. keep them sealed because buying them used it's just an empty case, which is still. But at least it's sealed, so it kind of gives you a Schrodinger's cat kind of deal. However, they're not going to be valuable. Uh, mm-hmm. There's going to be a few people who are going to want it, and there's going to be enough to satisfy the demand. There's going to be enough supply, and I, I like I look at, for example, I look at the Vita. And the Vita prices are skyrocketing, but like Minecraft and MLB 15, the show, which were the two fozicles on that system in America, aren't going crazy. You know, probably twenty bucks or so. Like. Nothing mm-hmm. big. The what is what is more expensive are the European Minecraft and the Asian English MLB 15 the show, which are actual physicals for those two games. Um, but yeah, I I can't see it, and I, I'm sure there's going to be that one that that does go crazy, and someone's going to point out to this and say you were wrong. This one in particular went, <laughs> and you know what? There may be one or two outliers, but I think for the most part, most people aren't going to care. Um, and, and physical collectors are going to be like, that's a waste of time and waste of space. Mm-hmm. That's my answer. Jeff. So I'll be the devil's advocate to Barry. Um, I think that the one thing we have to consider is minimum prints. They can print mm-hmm. 10 of them. So I think there are going to be outliers that are going to be a unique release that never got a physical. That's only going to have like a hundred copies somewhere that went on a single website that nobody bought. And then they got rid of the rest. And some of those will be desirable by certain sects of collectors. However, every single physical collector that just wants the cartridges aren't really going to care. So mm-hmm. the value still may be on the lower tier, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, mm-hmm. like lower tier value, but it'll absolutely be rare. Because rare does not necessarily uh, create value Um what creates value is the desire for people to mm-hmm. get it. So mm-hmm. if there's if there's minimal desire, you can have the rarest thing in the world and it's still only going to sell for retail. Exactly. Um, so that being said, though, I, th- I think that some of those items could potentially be rarer than uh, something that's coming from Asia that only requires a two or 3,000 minimum print run because right. they could do 1,000 copies. They could do 100 copies. And we'll never really know because they don't have to disclose how many that they're releasing. Well, you could look yeah. at with the original Death Squared, you know, release on the Switch, which was a physical. And, you know, some people will pay a lot for it. And other people will look at it and go, I'd rather put that money towards the one print release, which is an actual physical, and yep. be fine with it. And, you know, do you count that as a release? Is it not a release? I don't even know if it ever officially came sealed. Uh, it's like I... wrestling, too. Yeah, I I mean I count well here's the no, here's the difference. So with with Death Squared, the Fosical from SMG, that was a retail release at EB Games in Australia. That actually yes, did come was. out. Yep. The Retromania was a fan made case that they did with a fan made manual and they didn't include they the did. code, which to me doesn't matter. Like, you know, I, I consider myself at the end of the day like a, a retail 
case collector, like an official case collector. Um, I, I bought the Retromania to support them, but that is not the same as the Death Square that was actually in a retail store. So to me, mm-hmm. I, I think the Retromania could be rare because, you know, they offered it for pre-orders. And in terms of a collectible for the Switch, you know, nobody's really selling it. They're not offering it anymore. But in terms of mm-hmm. is this an official case? No, it's not. It's it's a fan-made case. Um, but it's still a... Uh, I think it's still going to be a rare collectible um, because it's a cool piece. It's a cool thing that they did. Um, do, you, do you know what the rarest one is? The rarest what? The rarest physical collection collectible item of all time. There's one. Mm-mm. Which one? It's are you a one off. I heard thunder. Um, the 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 rarest of all time is the physical for the release of the Switch Collector Volume One. There you go. <laughs> we only reached a couple copies. It literally has a cartridge in there, a pin, but a cartridge, and it has and a manual. The, and it has a a small version of Switch Collector Volume One because it is a checklist of the You're first right. year. I do have so one. Yeah, that goes a lot further. It's a double sided print. It has a manual in it, and it technically has a cartridge. So that's a one off. So that's even a different realm. That's not even, you know, that's a physical based off of a book release because yeah. we're crazy. Um, See, there, not there's, the rabbit, there's the rabbit hole because now you start talking about Kickstarter exclusives as well. well and when those and don't and go. When you think about it, JP, we used official Nintendo cases because they ordered them from Nintendo. Yes, we did. Yeah. So technically, that's the first premium edition release. There you go. We weren't. We we didn't have an LLC at the time. We didn't weren't create. We didn't create the <laughs> mm-hmm. business at the time. But technically, uh, we released it as a team because it was part of the playcast. Just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I love well, being, even, doing technicalities. You want the first physical? <laughs> even doing, um, you know, talking Kickstarter. Uh, for example, uh, prime examples like Plague Road. For the Vita, mm-hmm. which w- had a Kickstarter exclusive, it did not sell well. It's under 500. Um, they limited run did put it out then afterwards, but the Kickstarter cover was exclusive to that. There was less than 500, and you can still buy that for like mm-hmm. yep. 60 bucks, 70 bucks. Um, nothing crazy. I mean, if someone has it graded for 200 plus, I mean, okay, you're gonna get those outliers, but for the most part. You're, you're. This was a couple of years ago. Vita is definitely skyrocketing in price right now, and it's still relatively cheap for this less than 500 copies. And there's a bunch of them on eBay, so you know you can't you can't determine what exactly is going to be valuable or not. And the, let's I guess just continue favorite. to FOMO our release. And, yes. And now our game can get our, valuable. You, you know, I'm saying um, <laughs> I'm saying our physical release because you can't get that. That's out. I have no copy. <laughs> never making it again but, uh, awesome. so I, I do want to talk about one thing too sure um, which was brought up uh, as a piggyback from my last episode um, because this happened in the switch group that we're all a part of and you might know where I'm going with this but apparently yep. uh, we talked about uh, getting games and playing games we mentioned we mentioned it a bunch on this Playcast, a um, number of episodes, the Ease 8 um, that you got, Jeff. And mm-hmm. apparently, people are now rating shaming other collectors for getting the non American or the more common or cheaper versions of a game uh, versus the more expensive versions of the game just because of a rating on the cover. Um, <laughs> what do you guys I'll feel be a about commoner this? All day. I, <laughs> my feeling is, I'll be a commoner all day. 
Um, I, I get the games to play them. And I also, if I happen to get the game a certain way, I'm okay with not upgrading to the ESRB. I mean, if I get a game that was released in Japan, has English on it, um, or Asia, and then they release a U.S. version, I'm not just going to go buy the U.S. version just to have it quote-unquote complete, but I'm not a completionist collector. I'm not going for a full set. If you're going for a full set, I feel like if you're going to brag and say, oh, I got a full set, but these ones are European, it's like saying you have a PAL stadium event. Not the same as having a ESRB, you know, US release, not ESRB, but a, a NTSC stadium event. If you're saying you have a full North American set. If you're collecting all region, don't matter. Yep. Um, so to me, it's it's really like every collector, especially for the Switch, and we, we hit upon it last week, when, you know, you can get games for every single region. It's all region free. There's no singular way to collect for the Switch. And right. JP collects differently than Barry, and they're both getting everything. Um, they're a <laughs> little different. And I collect what I like. And, I mean, heck, I even got in, like, seven games last week, which is insane. Nice. Um, yeah, freaking insane. But, like, it's it's one of those things where, like, there's really no way. that The shaming part, that's dumb. Like, there should not be any rating shaming. I mean... Talk crap about me getting my ease eight. I just want to play the game, and I didn't want to spend one hundred and twenty dollars. I spent the retail for it. Yeah. Like, okay, I have infinite games here. I'm I'm good for the rest of my life just playing <laughs> Switch. <laughs> like, I have every system, and just playing Switch, I'm good for the rest of my life. So that's my thoughts, though. Um, number one, no, there's no place for hate uh, in the community. But number two is that, um, yeah, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, JP? Yeah, I mean, first I'll give credit to the Nintendo Switch Physical Game Collector Group for shutting any hate down right away. I mean, it's nice to see the community kind of come together and have a, a uniform response that it's, you know, ridiculous and not accepted in the group, and which is why it continues to be one of my favorite favorite Facebook groups um, for Switch collecting. And I've been there since like around three, 400 members, and now they're upwards of close to 10,000. So, you know, it's it's growing. And with that, unfortunately, you get new people who come in, think they can say something that goes against what everyone else believes. And the nice thing is the community steps up and kind of gets them out of there. So, um, yeah, I, I, I posted a response because I think we were all tagged on it. And, I mean, I'm an ESRB physical game collector Primarily probably because I live in the U.S. If I lived in the U.K., I'd probably be a complete Peggy. And then I'd go for the U.S. You know, exclusives. So to me, I, I, I don't understand why anyone is, is, uh, is rating shaming. I mean, it's, you're, you're playing Switch games. At the end of the day, you're, you're playing video games. And it really shouldn't matter what you collect. Uh, you know, how I collect is different from anybody else. And that's why I would never judge anybody for what they want to buy or not buy. And at the same time, I expect that, you know, people wouldn't give me a hard time for what I decide to buy or not buy. And, you know, you, you do get that. I get that now. I see I see the same people, weirdly, more so now than before, constantly making fun of me getting farming games and the physicals. And they seem to forget that I'm a full set collector. So they're like, I bet if, if they made this I'm, game, I'm JP still going to make fun of you every time. JP. That's fine. No. <laughs> I'm saying like, they'll be like, I bet if there was a game where you're cleaning up a bathroom, JP would buy it. And it's like, yeah, because mm -hmm. I'm a full set collector. <laughs> like that. If I wasn't, I probably wouldn't buy that game. And that, that to me is just like, it never makes any sense. It's like, why do you have to comment on how somebody else collects? Let them enjoy it. You enjoy how now, you do it. 
Now, where I pick on JP is when he displays them in, for, in the front of this collection face forward. Then it's like, <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be premium games, damn it. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> no, but uh, no, I mean, I, I don't understand it at all. I, I don't understand how people have so much free time that they can even comment on somebody else, you know, uh, hobby. Because, yeah. like, I feel no so idea. busy as it is that it's like, why would I, why would I be taking up my time to tell somebody else, hey, I don't I don't think you're collecting right or it doesn't count. And that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And it doesn't count to so what JP's count. own collection. <laughs> what? I said it doesn't count to no. what JP's own collection. It doesn't yeah. count like what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like somebody telling me I'm collecting wrong. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure I'm collecting the way I want to. Um exactly. But yeah, I mean it's just uh it was interesting to see that come up because I've never I mean, I really don't recall seeing a lot of, of, of comments or posts about the rating. Aside from, I think we all agree, the USK rating is just humongous on the case. Oh, God, I and, hate that. And, and that's gross, probably bro. the one complaint I ever see about ratings in general. I've never really seen anybody going, oh, you collect Peggy or you collect this. Like, to me, that was just like, wow, people really are, are commenting on that. So, you know, Jesse, I think, you know, one of the admins did a great job bringing it to the forefront and letting people you know, kind of come together and, and just say that we're not tolerating that in the group. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very strange what people decide to be upset about and be vocal about, you know, so. I, I agree. I think I've never heard of this before. And <laughs> the fact that the people, I think the people that are doing it are the people that are in this hobby for the wrong reasons. They're yeah. in it for the money. They're in it for reselling. They're in it for how can I make a quick buck off of somebody else? And if if they put down somebody else saying, oh, you have this version, you should have this version. It's probably because they have a, that version to sell and they want to try to move it along and make it look up. Or they don't and they're just a bragger. And they're just yeah. like, ha, I have it, you don't. And that's the wrong thing way to be in this. A I mean, bragger. A bragger. You know, I've said this many times before. It's not about the size of your collection. It's it's as long as it means something to the you. The motion in the ocean. That's right. Yes. It's your yeah. personal collection. <laughs> what what you like, what you enjoy, and you know, just earlier this year, you know, I went to go do uh, the Duncan Rampa games, and I have the trilogy. Because I, and I get like J, JP, I collect you know ESRB, and I'm going for the ESRB set because I live in America, and that's only the only reason why. And when I went to go play it, that copy is skyrocketed in value. So I bought myself the Peggy copy, and that's exactly what I played because I wanted mm -hmm. to play the game, but I also didn't want to devalue what I already had. So if you look at it that way and just want to play the games, it doesn't matter. If, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. as a full set collector, if a game comes out in Europe and I buy it because it's Europe only and then it comes to America, I have to rebuy it because what I'm personally going for is a full U.S. set. However, if I wasn't, I'd be perfectly fine with that European copy. I probably mm -hmm. would have never even bought the European copy. Yep. Uh, but but still, don't put other people down because of what they collect or what they choose to purchase. It's first off, it's their money. Second off, it's none of your business. And third off, don't you have something better to do with your life? Like, yeah. just be nice to each other. Let's just enjoy the fact that we all enjoy the Switch. We all enjoy collecting for the Switch. And we all enjoy playing the Switch. And if you don't fit into that category, what are you doing in a Switch collector's group? Yeah, exactly. Although, you make a good point about being nice to each other because something else came up that I don't know if you all saw on Twitter this week. But uh, there's, a, there's one of the last few Vita North American releases coming out this Friday, which is Super Meat Boy um, from Limited Run. They're finally putting it out. 
and they're limiting it to a they have to because of just how many cartridges are available but it's a thousand for the regular a thousand for the collectors and josh the you know one the founder of limited run actually put out a tweet going like you know before i get all the death threats and and the hateful speech and whatnot you know this is beyond our control and it just made me think like at what point do people get so irrational about collecting that they're literally reaching out to the companies and and threatening them and it's like i get it. it's like you want a game and you don't want to have to pay you know third party prices or scalper prices but the fact that you go so far to 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 like name call and to threaten it's just like to me that's just that's a strange level that you know i've wait never been we at. right now wait till we run out <laughs> yeah. JP. Yeah. well I, it's a support email so i'll be okay yeah oh, that's true yeah. that's true yeah we'll, we'll be good jb i'll we'll turn off good. my dm we'll, we'll be good yeah uh, thanks no, guys but, uh, notice i just throw me under the bus like that like yeah you do no no under the bus in front of the knives <laughs> in front hey. of the knives <laughs> i'm literally meat the shield. meat shield yeah. <laughs> super meat boys coming out you're the meat shield oh god See, but no, no I, I, I mean um, go ahead and if they want to dance with the devil in the pale moonlight they can come after us it'll be fun yeah. <laughs> i think things like that are I, first off, I think it's an initial reaction for missing out. Um, yeah. That's FOMO yeah, at its FOMO. worst, um, yeah. where people, their initial reaction is panic. I didn't get it. You better give it to me because I deserve this. And right. and that's that's wrong. I mean, if they run out and you want to send an email and say, hey, I unfortunately missed this. Is there any chance you maybe yeah. have any extra copies? I would love to get on a waiting list. That is perfectly acceptable and, and mm -hmm. rational behavior. But to come out and do death threats against somebody and their family over something like that that's out of their control, that mm -hmm. is another level. And if you're doing that, maybe you shouldn't be collecting video games. Maybe you should see some help. <laughs> because that is irrational you know if you missed out you know I, i've missed out i think we've all missed out on things and i i'm going for it i hope i get it you know as a vita collector and if i don't get it you know i'll i'll find somebody who does and i'll have to purchase it from them but i'm not going to send death threats how dare you not yeah. have a copy for me what's wrong with like that is just asinine well let me, let I, me add I never i never miss out <laughs> so let me uh, my thing my thing is is that it's all really a mentality too it's like what are you really collecting for them because if i i truly don't miss out because we have so many games i have so many games in my backlog yeah. oh I yeah have to, like separate them from my collection like it's insane <laughs> i'm good I, like if i can't get a game cool like i'll try later so let me throw something else out then. So knowing that, you know, you're at the end of a lifespan of a system that you've really been carrying. I mean, if you think about it, Limited Run probably has put out the most Vita yeah. games, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, it definitely seems that way. Um, do you one. think, you know, given how limited it was, no pun intended to their name, do you think that they should have done something similar to what they did with their fifth anniversary where, you know, somebody who signed it, it ended up, Josh said that whoever signed up on the website in year one got that, you know, special Vita case with the pin and like a commemorable thing for the fifth anniversary. But do you think that knowing that it's the end of the line for Vita for them and should they have gone through their, their, you know, um, user base to see who had gotten every single Vita game and given them first chance saying like, Hey, you've been with us since the very first game, which I think was breathing clear for the Vita. Mm -hmm. You've, you've never missed one. Obviously there's only going to be 2000. 
do you think they should have done that for their their customer base and said like, hey, you're going to get you know 24 hours if you want to get one. Here's a, here's a link that's you know exclusive to you or a code or something. And then after they cover everyone who's gotten every single Vita game from them, then they open it up. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, so, my thoughts. So first off, first off, Barry, because you're going to have better thoughts than me on this. Um, you said that they give it out to everybody that joined in year one. I joined in year one. I didn't get one. <laughs> if you have an account, year one. If, I definitely do. <laughs> and you well, it might be coming. They're still sending more out. I think they yeah. they overproduced and they sent out the initial group, the people who bought Breach and Clear and bought other stuff. And they're like, well, we have leftovers. Let's just keep going. What um, um, Was Shadow Complex released in the first year? I think it was second year. Was this second year? Maybe. My first game was Saturday Morning RPG. That was number two. I know. See, I just I just learned. I don't even know how I... It's funny. I don't even know how I learned about them, but I ended up getting that one. But anyway, not to digress. I think so I got your... Shadow Complex, so maybe I was in year two. But yeah, we'll yeah. let Barry actually stay on topic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so my thoughts on this, and it's... Uh, you know, obviously I'm a little biased, but I do say yes. Um, if this is truly the last game. And the only reason I say that is there is a picture I once saw of Revenge of the Bird King for Vita. And well, I don't think it's the last. I think it was one of their last because Douglas had mentioned that they had to cancel a number of titles yeah. because of the limitation of the cartridge. So I don't know if I don't. I'm not saying that the Super Meat Boy is their last one, but it's obviously one of their last ones. I thought um, someone said it might have been the last, but I, okay, oh, I, was, I think I saw Revenge of the Bird King, and supposedly there was a, supposed to be a gift, like a game that was exclusive to anyone who bought all the stuff. That's what they said like a couple mm-hmm. years back to get people to purchase. So. There should be a game, and hopefully that's Revenge of the Bird King. That was your yeah. no, that was your cartridge that you got your little, little coin. That wasn't coin for coin. everything. That was no, you know what? Coin. No, I do recall him saying, "Yeah, I think that is separate though." So and okay, so maybe there is that so, one, but so, so there's if, like at least seventeen more releases. If yeah. if Super Meat Boy is the last official Vita game that they're putting out, then yes, I hundred percent think they should do something to honor those that purchased every Vita game at this point from them. Um, because that is customer loyalty. Do mm-hmm. I think people will be upset if they didn't? You know, I, I, I didn't find out until after breaching clear, blah, blah, blah. I could see them being upset, but I also don't think there's 2,000 people that bought every single Vita game. There's probably like right. 10 of us or, or 20 of us, maybe. Um, so it's not going to be a big chunk of people that you're talking about taking it out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think that um, those people should get first dibs because of the special occasion. Yes, I do. I think that is the right thing to do because Mm -hmm. it's the last. Um, Going forward, I can see somebody like myself being more upset about missing. If you've gotten every release from the beginning and then missing this one, being like, wait a minute, I supported you all these years. Do you want to add up the amount of money I gave you? Because I don't, because that will scare the hell out of me. And, (laughs) you know, I do think that there should be some kind of bonus like super rare does their club that you actually pay for um to get 24 hour early access or 48 hour early access my bad um i think limited run should do something like that in this case for vita and i think they should do the same thing when the ps4 ends and when the switch ends and stuff like that absolutely i think they should Switch will never end come on now. Switch will, I, look uh, hypothetically the switch whenever the switch ends whether that day never comes ended. or doesn't but yeah, I do, th- and I hope they're limiting it. I hope they're limited to one per person. I hope they're smart about that. Yeah, I think, I think it is one per person. Now, is it one regular and one collector's per person, or is it just one of either? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> because 
That's a great question. <laughs> one that I don't have the answer to. Because that, that makes... to ask that on Twitter now. That, that is, you know, obviously makes it between one per person and two per person, uh, which cuts down from 2,000 people to potentially only 1,000 people getting it. That's true. Uh, like Although I don't know if someone's going to be down, quick right? enough to add both of them to the cart and check out. You never know. That There's... happened with Raytheon, right? People were able to yeah. get two. Uh, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Raytheon were able to get two of each. They were able to get two collectors and two regulars. And, and I that's... was not able let's... to get one copy. So let's great. see if it says anything. So Super Meat Boy... And it's only 30 bucks on the Vita. Let's see. It says, uh, please note this item is limited to one per customer. Yeah. So uh, it just says it on the one product page. It doesn't say one regardless of the version. So it's or... probably one of each. Yeah. Yep. So that limits so it. That, that means a, 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 ma- a minimum of 1,000 people, maximum of 2,000 people. Most likely going to be somewhere in between. We're going to get it. Now, I'm going to say probably 50 or more percent of those people will have it listed on eBay within seconds of them getting their confirmation. If not there already. If Yeah, it might be ready to go. <laughs> I mean, heck, ours are still like for sale and they're putting them up. So, I mean, the Wild West is real. It's, so, yeah. it's crazy. Craziness. Though. I love it. it. But, yeah. yeah. And then, um, okay, well, keeping on the track of limited and rare... Limited rare. Do you see how everything just, you know, kind of was a puzzle today? And it all culminated in limited rare games, which is, you know, for those of you who don't know, a, another publisher that has actually put out two PS4 games, Poopslinger and Tamashi. Um, but the difference with this company is they are very cryptic and mysterious. Their website is like a broken website. Their Twitter account, which is primarily where they interact with everybody, you know, they... They go by Boris and Ivan, two Russians who are just like releasing games on in like one day and then going bankrupt. And, you know, there is a minimum to produce North American PS4 games, but yet they only seem to have sold like 80 copies of Poop Slinger and like a couple hundred maybe of Tamashi. And we have no idea where all the other ones are going. But then they troll other companies. Um, they troll us. Right. They've uh, they've they've teased us about upcoming releases. And then at four in the morning. They reveal it's a T-shirt from Teespring, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then people people still go crazy and they still buy it, and then it, you know it gets taken down and you can't buy it anymore. So the most recent thing that they put up randomly was a book on Amazon, and I have it. It's called Limited Rare Games: The Truth, and they tease that they're gonna you know reveal everything about the FOMO and the limited print companies and how everything works. And it was twenty five bucks on Amazon, and then after like a day, they they raised the price to two hundred and fifty dollars. And I don't know who bought it. Hopefully nobody bought it at 250 But then they were like, oh, Amazon canceled some. It's back to $25. And, you know, nobody knew what this book was about. Like, they didn't know if you're getting a blank, you know, a blank book with just nothing in it. But, of course, you know, FOMO wins out and Curiosity wins out. So Barry and I both bought it. And it's a real book. It's a novel. Uh, I think Where did it's a it ship from? Oh, it shipped, I think, from Illinois. Illinois, huh? Yeah, I think yeah. Illinois. I yeah. have a warehouse in Illinois. Huh. <laughs> you should. <laughs> <laughs> huh. But have we been doing here's... it all along, and I'm not even aware. No. <laughs> but, but the thing to me is just like you know they capitalize on FOMO or they exploit FOMO and the fact that collectors you know will buy into it. And I don't know if they're just testing to see like what can we make FOMO that people will buy. And at the same time, I have no idea how much money they may have to 
you know, make a print run of a PS4 game and not sell out of it, for instance. But it's it's been very interesting. At this point, it's kind of just fun to follow them and see what they're going to do. Um, you know, I personally didn't buy the T-shirt because I didn't want to. But at the same I time, I got yeah. a T-shirt. <laughs> but see, at the same time, I know a lot of people who bought the shirt thinking, well, maybe they're going to ship poop slingers with it. Maybe they'll throw in the game. And, you know, obviously they didn't. But it's just like this mysterious company seems to be getting away with unorthodox practices um but i'm well, just curious what all of your thoughts are um well they're they're gonna get away with whatever they want because they're having fun and exactly. they're just loving it i mean their their whole twitter well, thing has been trolls <laughs> i mean either either they're like super like just trolls or it literally is doug and josh messing with everybody because they have the money to do that mm-hmm. and just having fun with it because it literally has two people they have a publishing deal with Sony, which isn't easy to get. So there's the, where it kind of limits things. Because mm-hmm. if it was just the book and the shirt and all that stuff and not putting out anything legit, it could have been mm-hmm. anybody in the world. But the fact that you have to be a publisher on PS4 and it is harder on Sony than on Nintendo to publish, like more of a pain in the butt, actually, not really harder. But mm-hmm. um, so they would be the ones that could mess with it out of anybody it could be any of the other companies too the fact that the two that you mentioned in the book and all that yeah all that stuff like it's almost too coincidental or could just be purposely done to throw you off the scent too so there's that too but um but to me that would be my assessment is whoever it is is having fun but has to have the publishing deal so that would limit us Yep. Yeah, they're they're definitely having fun. They have money too. They have money that they're angry at enough that yeah. this is this is for them to just get enjoyment out of it. They're taking the site and, down, bringing and, it back and up. And who who has enough money to do that besides uh, the run? Well, well, here's but here's the other thing. It's just well, like this company that came out of nowhere releases two games, and they're probably two of the most expensive limited print PS4 games out there. I mean, Tamashi. I've seen it go upwards of a thousand dollars. Poop Slinger had been that high. I haven't looked recently, but it's just like, for all you know, they're the ones on eBay reselling their games at these high prices and literally just funding themselves. I mean, you, I mean, any company could essentially do that. You could, you know, Nintendo. We could print five thousand games and and sell two, and then all of a sudden it's the rarest Switch game in well, the entire world. And the thing is, is that like the the minimum print run isn't for us to make the games; it's to do the cartridges. Right. So we yeah. could do the five thousand order from Nintendo. The rest go in JP's garage, and we put yeah. out ten. That's true. We, <laughs> we could put out if we, ten if we had the money to waste. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If we had forty thousand yeah. dollars to waste, or you know, hundred, you know, to do it all, like we would, we could literally do that, and it would be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, One crazy so, thing. So question for the listeners would it be worth it if we did that if we did that we did we did 40 copies of the game at a thousand dollars a piece and those are the only 40 copies that'll be out that'll pay for the cartridges that'll pay for the cartridges we're good to go i think oh, the boy. scary thing is you just need one person to buy it and it legitimizes it that's true that's uh, what one other just saying crazy thing with this whole limited rare thing is the other day i got a notification on my phone that limited rare games follows me i'm like wait yep. what? they're following me, me and it was like oh this is another new twitter with poop slinger there so i followed them back and now they're like well the other company is the fake one we're the real ones we're the ones who put out poop slinger look and they show pictures of 
like hundreds of poop slingers and it's like wait a minute you guys are, are you legit do you have that you're gonna put it for sale if if this is le- like the real limited rare are those other people are they really fake is, it, is this just really people trolling Mary's what the hell is explode. going on <laughs> it is craziness and i have no idea and i'm I finding will, hilarious i will say this whether it's them you know now having a second account and just playing off of each other i did respond back i was like listen guys i'll be happy to verify yep. that you're the legitimate ones you just got to send me a copy of I, Poop Slinger. I told them the same thing i said send me a copy of poop slinger i'll uh, gladly you Damn know. it, Barry! That's my tactic. <laughs> I don't even go on social media, so I didn't follow any of that. <laughs> like, you might have been followed by them too. It's quite, it's quite fun because it's available. Because I didn't know. I will say this much: I don't mind them as much. Like I'm having fun following them and seeing how they interact. The minute it doesn't become fun for me is when it's a Switch game that I missed <laughs> out on. I don't think I would because I follow them enough that if they say something's going live, although to be fair, they did say, I believe in 2020, they're like our first Switch game on April 1st, 2020, which is essentially, I think, what was it, 2019 when they did Poop Slinger on April 1st. So, you know, when they did mention it, I was like, oh, like maybe they will really will do a Switch game. And they haven't yet. I hope they don't. Or if they do, I get it. But um, <laughs> it's going to be interesting because if they do a North American release, we know the minimum. Um, JP, so you know these people are trolls. So if they do a Switch game, no matter how many copies you actually purchase, they're not going to send you one to be a troll on purpose. Just like yeah, all those people you're not that, did, that purchased multiple copies of Tamashi that didn't get any of them or just one of them. And they're mm-hmm. now getting blocked when they question where their other copies are. Um, they're just trolling. They don't give a crap. So what's the biggest troll they can do? Give somebody who's known for Switch collecting on Twitter the finger and not give them a Switch copy and make it be the one game they're missing. That's the mm-hmm. biggest thing they could actually do. Now JP's head's going to explode. Damn, I'm like the only one ahead of one today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, though, like minimum on the Switch, there's no way. Unless they yeah. have money to burn. Yeah, it's true. Unless they got that LRG money. And we'll know. That limited rare money, absolutely. That limited rare games <laughs> money. Limited fun. Limited, limited fun. fun games. Although, I will say, so, you know, everyone's wondering what's in this story, and so don't, far, don't, I don't, don't think don't, anyone... Don't tell me. I don't, I don't want to know. Don't spoil it for people. people I'm, only 20, I'm only like 20 pages into it. Doesn't matter. Don't spoil it's actually, it. It's actually quite... Fun. Like I'm I'm enjoying the story. Boris and I've been there. It's, it's a narrative, right? It's a narrative story. It is, yeah. It's yeah. Although I didn't realize there was a Walmart in Russia, but I guess there is. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, it's uh it's, it's interesting. They're They're funny. Yeah. Too yeah. funny. Um so are we doing the the giveaway for the well, wheel? We, if we do, there was only one person that listened and actually commented about uh, another choice. Then we didn't we didn't re-advertise. We didn't re-advertise. It was only through the Blake ass. Um, oh, I like it. Listener it. winner. Um, but yeah, they did say that. So they did say that they had a couple extra wheels available, so we could always rehash. But I think listeners should get the uh, should get it very sure. well. Then the the winner of this would be uh, on Discord, uh, Monk Hicker. Uh, who said, I listened to the latest episode today, and a game I would suggest trying with the steering wheel is Downwell. Mm. <laughs> Excellent choice. Which is a game we did for the Playcast. 
That's <laughs> awesome. That would be so dumb. I love it. Because then you just like steer your way through the well. <laughs> that actually might work. That's awesome. Now I'm going to try it. I'm going <laughs> to try it for sure. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'd say you were mentioning loyalty. Loyalty yeah. to the listeners. He wins. There you okay. go. Monk and now there's that catch catch the episode later they're gonna miss it out but that's okay we, we mm-hmm. like the loyal listeners there um, you go th- the fact that they listened and went into the discord that's good i like it that that's enough for me mm-hmm. for sure yeah. awesome so congratulations and um i think um the other winner was gonna contact you jp because me i don't know if nope. he did yet yeah no nobody contacted me you. okay well, he said Monk, it, if you're listening contact jp <laughs> there we go. Okay. Um, the last, the, the last winner though, he's like, uh, was it Curious Pomegranate? He's Curious like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll contact, I'll contact JP. Like, okay. Oh, he, oh, the, oh, he win. Oh, he was the winner because he just won one of my giveaways on Twitter. Yeah, he was cool. Nice. Oh, that's, oh, he says, oh, let me know. I'm supposed to email you about the Evo Retro. Oh, okay, so he just responded. Okay, okay. okay. So he's that's listening fun. to us while we record live. I like it. Quit listening to us. Stop it. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um. Let's see. Was there anything really crazy that I got at the at the convention? I mean, I got some cool pixel art stuff, like I mentioned. Um, I got like a little discoon printout. There was a bunch of three D printed stuff that people were doing that was cool. Like mm-hmm. the Zelda like treasure chest box that has a magnet on it. I go nice. for a lot of art at these things and stuff that people make personally because I always think that that's the fun stuff to get. Um, and you know, switch stuff, of course. Um. So there's an idea, guys, that I'm going to pitch to you uh, because, and you already know, but the Playcast listeners know. Um, so I met with the wooden box guy uh, a week ago um, that's doing volume 2's wooden box, the slipcase. And he also does a lot of 3D printing and laser work and all that stuff. And so the idea that I want to do for conventions and it'd be something that my daughter can sell or Joshi or anybody else can sell. JP's son can sell at the convention um, as they get older and, you know, want to support and join the team um, is what we're going to do is like switch um, joy cons that are like smaller the size of a, uh, a cartridge. And then so they 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 latch together with like a little notch or something or a magnet or something. And then our game can go in the middle. And then that sets on because he does light up bases. So what what we could do is we could print a bunch of different colors of the Joy Cons, um, you know, custom made, probably using the art that Erica's made for us already with Joy Cons. Um, and then they lash together, and our premium games can be displayed. I think that'd be a really cool thing and something that my daughter would definitely love, like selling, because um, we were at a convention years back in um, California, and somebody did that with 3D printed Game Boys, and there was like three pieces, and she like loved the idea. She was over there like half the convention, like just playing around. Um, so that's a, a really cool idea that we could do for like people that find us in person at conventions. What do you guys think? I like that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's something like what a Retro Fighters has those NES cards. Mm-hmm. This one would be something that we could have a ton of copies to put them in like a little bin and people can mix and match. Mix and match. My daughter, nice. My daughter, though, being the awesome like entrepreneur that she is, she's like, I'll also have pieces of candy and give people a piece of candy when they buy one. Oh, <laughs> now, now we have to buy one. You got to have the piece of candy. <laughs> and I, exactly. You know what? I'll be honest. Kids make the best salespeople because it's really hard to tell a kid no. 
<laughs> and I don't go and sell anything. I mean, our like our our main thing is, and this is what I tell everybody all weekend was, we make stuff that we would put in our own collections. So that's like the threshold. The games that we choose, we love. Uh, people would ask me, "Oh, what do you like better, Super Blood Hockey or Pitch and Dev? I'm like, "You're asking me to, like choose between my children. Like, I like them both. <laughs> I like it. I like everything." So, um, but then I would go, "Well, what genre do you like?" And then I would kind of whittle it down. Um, I did realize that a lot of people don't know what Pigeon Dev Games Collection is. That it's a you know developer, and then when you start, I literally would have it face backwards so people could see the games. And they're like, "Oh, it's a Game Boy platformer. Awesome! There's a running gun shooter in there." Like, is then people were like they were going nuts for Pigeon Dev. So that is a definitely food for thought for us when it comes for for future games. Um, but I like the idea of little 3D 3D printed treat to have a little bonus thing at the convention that also adds to the premium collection. Mm-hmm. So I'm all for my it. My daughter has the ideas. So yeah, that's um, he's he's looking into it right now. The guy who's uh, creating the volume two wooden boxes. Um, also, the volume two back of the wooden box and slipcase are going to feed into volume three. They're going to like be the backs are going to uh, fit together like a little story. So that'll be really fun. Nice. I mean, volume three has to happen, guys. <laughs> oh, it will. In time. In time. Yeah. Then <laughs> that being said, the damn uh, Mortal Kombat book. Same. Holy yeah, crap. That's- like, yeah, it, it crushed any kind of goal that they had, stretch goals. I think it earned over like $70,000 or some ridiculous amount of money, um, nice. which is amazing that they got the support. You overcame WB trying to take us down, which I had to combat them online, which was fun. I, I thought that was interesting because, I mean, we have the First Amendment of the Constitution on our side, so we're good. Um, but, um, yeah, it was it was super interesting. Uh, the support's been great. I think after a week, they're going to we're going to put up uh, the for sale link on premium um, and potentially on Hagen's Alley. But I'm kind of moving everything over to premium. Um, but, yeah, it's been super wild and it's definitely going to be a massive book, by the way, like 400 pages over wow. a foot wide. It's a, like landscape. So it's gonna be like a foot wide by 11 inches tall, like huge book. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, I warned them though, because I was like, I've thoroughly played the arcade games. So, like, I already kind of QAQC'd those, like, looked at them, and I'm like, hey, you're missing this and this and this and this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're going to have some hardcore gamers looking at it too. So, I don't know a whole lot of the details beyond Mortal Kombat, like, four. But <laughs> I was like, good luck, guys. Um, really fun, though. Those guys are, are super cool too. Um, so, it's going to be great. Uh, Punch Out Book is in um, color correction. Uh, I have the edits back for Switch Collector Volume 2, so that is my priority this weekend, guys. Unfortunately, instead of going to Robot Named Fight and working on more creation, I need to get the editing done for Volume 2. Um, mm-hmm. I'll probably bounce between the two because i got to keep my brains fresh. Um, my brains fresh, both brains. Um, <laughs> I had to keep fresh on it, though. So I'll be working on both likely back and forth, and I am home for until the end of August when, when we go to Southern Fried Retro Gaming Expo. Nice. So do have some time, which is cool. What are you guys up to? Harry? Uh no, really just doing a lot of work in the house. I'm finishing up my game room. I have a few nice. more pieces I'm waiting on for I'm making new displays. So I'm waiting on some display stands and stuff so I can get piece it all together and, and have it all done. But over the past week I have spent 
every waking moment that I had that wasn't dealing with work or premium, uh, working on that. And that was a lot of work, uh, a lot more than I thought it would be. But hopefully I'll be able to show it off here soon. Uh, it's, you know, just getting inspired by a lot of different room tours and finally having the time to have these, you know, shelves built and get everything out and rearranging some stuff. But that's been my biggest you know, hurdle for my uh, free time <laughs> is, is work, housework, you know, uh, the, mm -hmm. the joys of home ownership. <laughs> oh, yeah. What about you, JP? I can't, I can't wait to go to JP's because his is like non-switch related craziness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, my full-time you know, day job, Monday through Friday, keeps me busy. Uh, for those who don't know, I've decided to change careers after working at my place of employment of 14 years. So I'm going to be pursuing nursing. So I'm currently in my first prerequisite class which is a summer class so it's six weeks i'm at the three and a half week mark point but like i had my first paper i had to write i have a lot of reading assignments and then come fall i've got two evening classes so it's one class a night monday through thursday for about three hours each so i work from like you know eight to five and then class from six to nine uh so that'll keep me busy and then aside from that just you know trying to find time with the family and and enjoy, you know, comics and games where I can get it. So I pretty much go to bed at three in the morning, wake up at seven. Um, yeah, that's pretty much my life right now. That is Craziness. insane. Yeah. Craziness. So um, oh, yeah. an, up, an update for Series 2, I'm on the Nintendo website. There's a Nintendo publisher website, if, for those listeners that don't know. Every single item for the premiums and the retros is reviewed and approved by Nintendo. Yay. So, All right. That includes the trading cards, the manuals, everything. So what we do is once we actually order the items, they give you a printer proof. And then when we upload that, it's it's solidified. Um, that's just, that's what we're doing with when we mentioned the cartridge keeps on the label keeps on getting kicked back is that it's been reviewed. But Nintendo's the one who prints it for the final proof. So they've been. Like it's um, and I was mentioning it before is that Nintendo of America approves it and then Japan comes back with stuff. So like mm -hmm. both sides don't talk to each other. It's really interesting um, and in craziness. But hopefully very soon we will be uh, good to uh, you know sit there and push forward the uh, give Nintendo our money. Like, <laughs> take our money, <laughs> Nintendo. Um, not, we're, we're literally waiting to wire them the funds so they can make the cartridges. And then as soon as they do that, it goes to the warehouse and it gets produced. So, like, when we say they'll fall, like, it might be August that we're actually starting to get the cartridges delivered and stuff. That would be amazing. Um, and when I say cartridge delivered, I mean to the warehouse and then they produce everything. Um, certain things, like patches we already got, the trading cards are already ordered in in route so that i'm getting waiting on the proofs for those um so like stuff's being worked on we're also looking at um up up in quality we're printing editions so we're always looking at up in quality um we've been talking with a couple different uh creators and printers just to see if anybody can you know raise the bar even further um so far no luck but um we will definitely let everybody know if we're gonna you know add foil inlays to the um Nintendo NES leaves, for example, that would be amazing, and that is that that is a topic of discussion. So pretty cool, I like it, and that's what I love doing. I love having fun with all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So I don't think we mentioned what game we're playing next week. Yeah. So we we had two we had two things. I suggested one and JP suggested one. So I think we should let Jeff be the tiebreaker. I get to choose. Okay, cool. Choose. We're gonna play. All right, I'll start super, with Super Meat Boy. No, <laughs> we're, we're gonna have to sell Jeff. So I'll go first with mine. Jeff, picture the '80s, and it's the first time you can play a skate boating game inspired by arcade skateboarding classics. Grind, grab, kick, flip. Flip and shoot your way through an explosive 80s crime-filled Miami Vice theme world in Wave Break. So you said skate boating, not skate Yeah, it's skate picture Tony boating. Hawk Pro Skater 1 where you're on a boat instead of a skateboard. Skateboating. <clears throat> okay. I don't know how you're going to top that, Barry, but good luck. My, my suggestion good was something luck. that's popular and out now and free, and a lot of people have been playing it and enjoying it. And... Uh, that is Pokemon Unite. Which I've is never heard of Pokemon. Free, free online MOBA style um, Pokemon game where you get to pick different Pokemon and go head to head in 5v5 or, or less if you do quick matches where it's a point-based game killing other Pokemon and scoring the, the points. And it's just a lot of fun that people have been posting on Twitter and I'm seeing all these people showing landslide victories and cheering in their favorite Pokemon. And, you know, I think it, you know, it's like one of those first party titles that I would think would be a good topic of discussion. Pokemon? And so either the either the pay to win or something that we potentially because it doesn't have physical the uh, the skateboarding game does it have a physical? Does not have a physical. So if that's for that theme, I I will always go to expand our premium edition um, repertoire to see if there's a new game that might like we might all fall in love with. Um, we might all hate it. Who knows? But because um, with the first party game, like I want to choose those for like when we have an off week where we don't have any new titles to play. So I'll go with the skateboating game. What's it called again? I already forgot. <laughs> Wave break. <laughs> <laughs> Wave break. You have to say like Wave break. Wave um, break from Funktronic Labs. Cool. I mean, it sounds it. cool. You sold me on it. Um, uh, let's just see if it sounds cool. Um, and, and it was fun. Now, that being said, we probably should all try that Pokemans game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll see yeah. if I can get my daughter to play it. If I can get my daughter to play it, then we'll, we'll update. I'll Maybe try we'll do that next week then instead. This way, listeners can listen. Maybe we have a couple weeks under our belt then. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we do have a, a week where we can up, upload the uh, panel, too, from SEGE. So, that's true. Yeah. Yep. Sounds so, good. cool. Should we go where to find us? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. All right, who wants to start? JP, you go first. Sure. So you can find me at www.jpswitchmania.com for all of your weekly releases and new pre-orders. I put a post up every weekend for the following week. Links, images, so you don't miss any of those physical releases. Also on social media, I live on Twitter, so jpswitchmania is my handle. I post a lot of stuff all day long and at night about all the physical games coming out and getting announced and, you know, things on sale. So come hang out with me there. I do have Facebook and and YouTube and Instagram. Also, JP Switchmania, if you want to follow me there. And then, of course, with the Premium Edition games, uh, myself and Frank handle Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. So find us at Premium Edition Games. Uh, Barry? You can find me on Twitter at Hawk Hellfire. 
You could find me on Facebook and on YouTube at Nintendo Fuse. You could also find me at a Premium Edition Games Discord, which we've mentioned multiple times. Come in and chat, have some fun, win some steering wheels. We all just want to hear from you and let's talk video games. You could also find me at the support email. Should anything happen, I'll do my best to either assist you or send you JP's way. Jeff? So you can find me uh, somewhere lurking on our Premium Edition Games Discord sometimes. <laughs> um, and sometimes I'm on social media. I'm at Hagen's Alley on Facebook and the Twitter at Hagen's Alley Books on Instagram. And then, of course, I'm usually creating stuff. Um, I am the one that you will hunt down at these multiple gaming conventions. And I'll be at... Uh, Southern Fried Retro Gaming Expo uh, near the end of August. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Have a good one.